If you love the History Extra podcast, make sure you follow us to keep up to date and get all the latest episodes. Thanks for your support, and I do hope you enjoy this episode. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. CeraVe Facial Moisturizers with SPF protect skin against damaging UV rays and continuously deliver three essential ceramides to help restore skin's protective barrier so it can lock in moisture. Non-greasy, fragrance-free, and won't clog pores? With CeraVe, skin feels hydrated and looks healthy all day. CeraVe Facial Moisturizers with SPF from the number one dermatologist-recommended facial moisturizer brand. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. And welcome to the History Extra podcast from BBC History Magazine and BBC History Reveal. I'm Ellie Cawthorn. 2022 is the History Extra podcast's 15th birthday. So to mark 15 years of fascinating historical conversations, we've asked 15 historians to nominate a figure from history who they think deserves their 15 minutes of fame. Some are inspiring people who deserve more airtime today. Others are those whose significance in history has been overlooked. And some simply led fascinating and unexpected lives. Today's guest is Dr Fern Riddell. She's joining us to nominate the Victorian-era transgender man, Charlie Wilson. Ellen Evans spoke to Fern to find out more. Fern, it's a real pleasure to be talking to you today for our series on people who deserve their 15 minutes of fame. And to start with, can we hear from you on the person you've chosen? Well, it's a delight to be here. And the person that I've chosen is a fantastic figure from our history, who, until I started researching them, I think really was completely unknown. And that's Charlie Wilson. And Charlie Wilson is someone we can clearly identify as a trans man living in the Victorian era. And their life is of a working class man who fell in love, who got married and had the most incredible experiences and I just, I just think it's a real joy to be able to tell. When did you first come across their story? So I was researching for my book, Sex Lessons from History, which is divided up to kind of tell you different stories of different identities and different sexualities and different sexual experiences for as much history as I could possibly pack into it, but specifically on the 19th century, because that's what I specialise in as a cultural historian. 
And I was looking for examples of transgender people from the past. And Charlie Wilson is one that I just found in the archives researching through the newspapers. It's one of those moments where as a historian you feel incredibly lucky to recover these lives from the past because they were so present in their own culture and we tend to forget that or or think that discussions about sex and gender identity is a modern thing and of course it isn't. It's happened for as long as we were able to record things and different people's stories and write them down. And can you take us a little more into that evidence that you surfaced on Charlie's life? So Charlie's, the evidence for Charlie Wilson's life comes from the interviews that he did throughout his life, really from the late 1890s to 1910. And he, he's someone who really became quite well known through the newspapers for talking about how, how he had experienced the world around him. And this is a very common thing that we see in 19th century newspapers is that first-hand accounts from ordinary people. And it's a real joy as a, as a Victorian historian to know that we get these really kind of detailed source material from these digitised newspapers. So it's a, it's a really powerful source that we get to work with. Hmm. So tell us a little more about Charlie's life. He was born in 1834 in Axbridge in Somerset and he spent the first 16 years of his life in a very ordinary middle-class female upbringing. So he was sent to Cheltenham Ladies College. He lived that kind of semi-educated, trained for really looking pretty, not really thinking very much and going off and getting married. And at the age of 16, he was, um, he'd really, really had enough of this kind of life that he was being forced into. What came next was a forced marriage to his cousin, Percival, who was 23 years older. And he suffered horrific kind of violence and abuse at the hands of this much older man who was a member of his family because he refused to wear women's clothes, because he felt his body was not female, because he wanted to live his life as a man. And I think we we are starting to finally grasp in our modern day society just how detrimental it is to our trans youth to force them to consume and to perform a gender role that they feel is utterly alien to them. Obviously, in Charlie Wilson's times, in the 1830s, 1840s and 1850s, there was none of that language, none of that understanding, none of that social ability. But he still lived and had those feelings and felt that way and desperately tried to change his life. So he ended up running away from this intensely abusive marriage, cutting off his hair, finding kind of solace with um, his brother and deciding that the rest of his life was not going to be this way. So he becomes a painter. He, you know, he goes off. He he just has the most kind of amazing story. He goes on um, ships and starts posing, literally kind of posing as a young working man to get experience and sees the world. He goes to Australia and and then comes back to the UK and finds a very nice man, older man, a painter, who takes him on as an apprentice. Now, from the way Charlie tells the story, and you know, as Charlie Wilson is born, no one knows that he had a previous life as a woman. No one has any concept or any idea of that. He lives absolutely for the next 43 years as a working man. He becomes a union man, so he's very active in his working class community and his industry. And no one would have known anything about him 
until 1897, so right at the end of the Victorian century. You know, this is when Dracula is being first published and we're having intense kind of high Gothic culture and interest in people's lives and interior lives. And he's found, as as many, unfortunately, many people who lived differently to how society believed they should, he his life is uncovered when he ends up in poverty, having lost um, his wife of 22 years, who's actually his second wife, um, and he's ended up in the workhouse. And of course, the first thing that happens when you enter the workhouse, when you're really down on your luck and you need a lot of help, is you're stripped and bathed and checked for uh, diseases and parasites. So of course, this working class old man who's come in is stripped by the matrons and by the working class people and discovered to not be a man physically, but actually to have the body of a female. And this causes some consternation. They stick him in a dress and they stick him on the on the women's ward. And the newspapers get hold of it. And they come and they interview him and they want to understand, you know, why have you been living as a man? And it is kind of part of that. I think initially they think it's part of that kind of romanticised ideal of here we have a time when women don't have the vote. They're forced into male roles. Some of them will live as men to try and have that success. But every interview that Charlie gives makes it very, very clear that he's not a woman posing as a man. As far as he's concerned, he is male. He has lived as a man. He has worked as a man. He has got married as a man. He's been a husband. That is who he is. And I think knowing that we have those first-hand accounts is incredibly powerful. Still to come on the History Extra podcast. Charlie Wilson is one of those people because he gives interviews stating, I am male, you know, this is this is how I've lived, this is who I am. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash History Extra. Just go to Indeed.com slash History Extra right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If I can pick up then... You've already made the point, but now we've heard a little more about Charlie's life. I wonder if we could hear a little more. How important do you think this story is, given that obviously um, ideas of gender and ideas of um, identity are so um, at the forefront of many of the debates we're having now? And so frequently um, people say there's, there's no history of this. I think Charlie Wilson's story is one of the most important that we have because the modern day fixation that we have on transgender people fixates wholly on trans women very uh, and, and kind of demonising trans women. We don't often hear stories of trans men and of their lives and of what, of what they experience. And so firstly, I think it's really important that we make sure that transgender people in our transgender community know that they were represented and were there and we have those stories in the past. Because one of the worst things when you see the bigotry that goes with the conversations that we have today is this belief that somehow these are modern creations or modern identities. Now, any historian of sexuality, 
any good historian of sexuality and identity will tell you, of course, that isn't the case. We have examples of trans lives throughout history. In fact, I have seen examples going back hundreds of years and further. You know, we have we have transgender sex workers in the medieval period in our courts here in the UK. So we know trans people have existed and been part of our society. What's different about today is the invention of the language that we use to identify them. And that came after Charlie Wilson, that came in the 1920s, in the 1910s, 1920s. And it started in Germany with the Institute of Sexual Research in Berlin, and then came out into Europe. And it took a a kind of about... 20, 30, 40 years for that language to come into the community, to be understood and for people to be able to label themselves and recognise themselves and then begin to fight for the right to live how they wanted to and be the person that they knew they were. So that is new, but the way of living and the feeling and the being and the personal need to be who you are is of course absolutely timeless and it matters to me so much that we make sure our queer community has its heritage throughout millennia. And for those then who might sort of say, as you just said, these ideas have evolved relatively recently and there is a wariness of projecting things back, um, how, how else can you discuss that phenomenon? I think it's very important as historians that we are aware and very careful of backwards projection. It's incredibly important to me. So the way that I make sure when I'm talking about it, when I'm researching and when I'm identifying cases in the past, is that if it's a trans person or someone who's lesbian or gay or queer, that we have first-hand accounts from that person stating, this is who I am. So Charlie Wilson is one of those people because he gives interviews stating, I am male, you know, this is this is how I've lived, this is who I am. And that's incredibly important. I think one of the, the painful parts for our, our wide queer community is that there has been so little research into LGBTQA plus history. Everyone is looking for their ancestor and desperate to claim it. And one of the issues with, a being, with being a historian is we have to say sometimes, look, we can't tell you that this person absolutely is gay or lesbian or trans. They may have been both, they may have been a lesbian, but we don't have the records. So really they belong to everyone. And then when we do find someone like Charlie who is clearly identifiable, we are very clear and very honest and we promote those things so that anyone who feels that way can connect to them and connect to that heritage and connect to that kind of ancestral identity. Okay, so now we've heard Charlie's remarkable story. I'm going to ask our couple of sort of potted questions. Um, Why does Charlie deserve his 15 minutes of fame? I think Charlie deserves his 15 minutes of fame because we don't have many examples of ordinary trans people just living their life in our past, and he is one of them. Secondly, because the reaction of the papers and his community when he is kind of exposed nationally is incredible, because I think the papers initially thought this was going to be a figure of fun. What happens is the working class community 
throws their arms around him. They get money for him. They make it clear that he has always, they've always treated him as a man and he always will be a man. It doesn't matter that this revelation has happened. So when he finally gets to leave the workhouse, you know, still dressed in a dress, he's greeted with new clothes. He goes back to his life as a man. No one in that identity, no one in that world that he has created questions it or judges him for it. And I think it's incredibly important to show communities in the past were accepting and non-judgmental of people living lives that today we seem to be demonising. Perhaps a basic one already covered to follow up. Why has Charlie's story been overlooked? I think Charlie's story has been overlooked because unfortunately the 20th century, whilst we think of it as very progressive, was also incredibly restrictive. And LGBTQA history was not one that found widespread support in historical research, really until the last 30 to 40 years, activists have been trying so hard to make sure that this history has been researched and studied. And we are in an incredibly fortunate position that while society may have demonised and criminalised identities that they didn't see as acceptable, archivists and historians have never forgotten them. And they're all there. They're just waiting for people to uncover them. That was Dr Fern Riddell speaking to Eleanor Evans. Fern is a cultural historian and an expert in sex, suffrage and entertainment in the Victorian and Edwardian eras. Her most recent book is Sex, Lessons from History. If you're enjoying this series and would like early access to more episodes to hear more historians nominating people who deserve their 15 minutes of fame, go to historyextra.com forward slash 15 hyphen minutes. Thanks for listening. This podcast was produced by Daniel Kramer Arden. A collision between a Chinese jet and an American spy plane. He came and rammed into our left wing. With relations increasingly strained, what are the chances of things spinning out of control? The Western world was asleep. I'm Gordon Carrera. I'll be exploring the friction in this most important of relationships and asking, has the West taken its eye off the ball? You cannot ignore China. From BBC Radio 4, this is Shadow War, China and the West. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.